And good Saturday morning time once again for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack, on this chilly Saturday. Wow. Yes, but the sun is shining. That's, see, that, you're always <laughs> looking for that rainbow there. Yes. That, that's why not, yes. It is chilly. Yeah, it is 11 degrees, and uh, are we going to talk about some warm food and wine to go with it? Why not? Yeah. You know, I got so many comments from our last week's chat about Bordeaux. They said, could you do that with Burgundy? Well, it, it would take me hours and hours and hours to do Burgundy, but I'll try to cap, put it into a few minutes. You know, Burgundy is the other most popular area for French wine to be exported. Bordeaux is number one. Burgundy is number two. Uh, and Burgundy is a very interesting place. It goes all the way from the top. Chablis is a Burgundy. Down to Beaujolais. Beaujolais technically is a Burgundy. But really the critical part of Burgundy is a place in the middle called the Côte d'Or, which means the Golden Hills, and it's aptly named. For example, if we were in Burgundy right now and we're driving up and down the main highway, it looks like fields of gold. The vines have turned golden, all the leaves, of course, the harvest is done, and it does look like hills of gold. And the Côte d'Or is divided into the Côte de Nuit in the northern part and the Côte de Bone in the southern part. And this area has a very, very noble history. Uh, the Romans planted vines here back uh, in year 100, 200, etc. And they were highly prized in Rome. In fact, Ovid comments that the wines of Bone were often alike the wines of Falernum, which were considered the best wines of the Roman Empire. So the wines received pretty good grades for 2,000 years. The real history starts really around the time of Charlemagne. And Charlemagne actually owned vineyards in Burgundy. So it has a real unusual history. In fact, the Dukes of Burgundy at one time were more powerful than the kings of France. And the Dukes of Burgundy, if you ever go to Belgium and you go to the town of Bruges, and then you go to Burgundy and you go to the town of Bone, the similarities are incredible. And the reason is the Dukes of Burgundy owned both of those places at the same time and were some of the most powerful rulers in all of Europe. But uh, the Duke, And, of course, they took their wine with them, so the fame of the wines of Burgundy was spread by the Dukes of Burgundy. But they didn't really do much about it. The ones that really did all the hard work, spade work, on making Burgundy great were the monasteries, starting with the Benedictine monks. The Benedictine monks built huge abbeys and controlled most of the vineyard production for a long, long time. And then uh, in about, oh, 1080, something like that, uh, the, uh, the uh, Cistercian monks came in, and they started places like Clobougeau, which is the mother house of the Chevalier du Tadvan, uh, which is an ancient and noble wine society that uh, this week has what they call the Trois Glorious in Burgundy, and that's the three glorious dinners they have. They have a dinner, black tie dinner, at Clovougeau, and it's about ten courses and ten different wines, and there's lots of music and uh, theater, and uh, it's very entertaining. And then uh, there is the auction on Sunday, the next day, in uh, the town of Bone itself. And the auction was started by the Dukes of Burgundy, one of their treasures, it says, the wags say, 
he made so many poor he, he, that he might just as well have given his estate to the poor. And he started a hospital in Bone, which was a functional hospital up until about 35 years ago. And now, now the hospital has moved outside, but uh, the, you can visit that hospital, the Auspice, and you can go and see the auction itself. It takes place in the town square on uh, Sunday afternoon. And at any rate, so it has a really very, very noble, noble history. Uh, and the town of Bone itself is just enchanting. Uh, you, uh, any Saturday in the year that you're there, they have a market that comes into town. And it's uh, just fabulous to wander around the market. You can buy everything there from a new hat uh, to my favorite, Poiss cheese. Uh, you can buy truffles. Uh, I mean, it is an extraordinary market, and it's one of the biggest in France outdoor markets in this little town of Bone. And, and walking down the streets of Bone, you can just feel the history uh, of the area. Most, you know, it's been declared by the United Nations uh, historic zone, so nothing can be changed on the outside of any of the buildings inside the walls around the town of Bone. Anyhow, it's a great place. And as I said, now, we really, when we're talking about Burgundy, we're not going to talk about Chablis or Beaujolais, although technically they're part of Burgundy. What we're really going to talk about is the Côte d'Or, that golden slope. And it's divided into two parts, the Côte de Nuit, which is the northern part, and the Côte de Bone, which is the southern part. Côte de Bone produces more white wines, and the Côte de Nuit <coughs> produces red wines. And the Côte de Nuit produces... Most of the Grand Cru, uh, that's the best wines of Burgundy, are produced up in the Cote de Nuit. And the Cote de Bone produces some pretty good wines as well, but they're not as highly regarded, and that's easily seen by the amount of Grand Cru's there are in the Cote de Nuit. Another thing that made the area popular is when the popes moved the papacy to Avignon, France, they started to drink not only Chateauneuf de Pop, which translates House of the New Pope, which is around Avignon, but they started to drink bone and preferred it to their Italian wines. And <laughs> so you see a little bit more history and why it became so popular. But the 1700s, the French really started to improve their roads. And that was terrific for bone because all of a sudden you could uh, ship your wines to Paris, etc. And at about that same time, uh, Negociants started. These are brokers that buy wines from the little farmers that grow wines, etc. in Burgundy. And, uh, when I started in this business, they were indeed poor little farmers buying wine or selling their wine to Negociants. Today, they're very, very rich because today Burgundy is some of the most expensive land, not only in France, but in the entire world. Sometimes you'll pay over a million dollars for one little half acre of land. A million dollars. That's two million dollars an acre. It's very expensive. Ergo, the very top, top wines of Burgundy have become also very expensive. One of the good areas that you can find is the Côte Chalonnais. That's in the southern part. It's a little below Bone, uh, the Côte de Bone. But there's some real good values in the Côte de Chalonnais, in my opinion, uh, white and red. And, and uh, also in the Maconnais. Maconnais wines are really de absolutely delicious, and uh, they're a 
not only that, they're they're very very affordable. You know, you can get a Macron for anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars. That you'd be hard pressed to get a Chardonnay at that level anywhere of that quality for that kind of money. So Beaujolais still has a big big spot, even though some of the more top wines have gotten so terribly expensive. And then let's talk about the grape type. Now here is just a slam dunk, easiest thing in the world. There's really only two types of grapes in Burgundy. Pinot Noir for the red and Chardonnay for the white. And they, granted, there's some others. They may have a little Gamay. Of course, that's all that's in Beaujolais is Gamay. Uh, and they grow a little of that in Burgundy, but not much to consider. And also they grow a little Aligote, which is another white wine. But as I said, they, they, they're so small in their production, etc., that when we talk about Burgundy and we talk about Burgundy white wine, we're talking about principally Chardonnay. And when we talk about red wines, we're talking about principally bone. And that's very easy to remember. And as I said, there's no doubt in this guy's mind that the greatest Chardonnay's expression of the Chardonnay grape comes from uh, Burgundy. Some of those Corton and Merceau and Pulini and Montrachet, etc., etc., really set the standard and always have for Chardonnay around the world. And the same thing is true of Pinot Noir. While they make some wonderful Pinot Noirs all over the world, the greatest and best are still, in my opinion, uh, made in the Côte de Nuit, places like Von Romany, etc. Those wines are absolutely exquisite. And, you know, the good thing about Burgundy is it's just hard to find a wine there that isn't, (coughs) pardon me, at least very pleasant to drink. Uh, the wines are, again, gotten terribly expensive from the time I started a long time ago. And today, negociants are pretty important. That's are these big houses like Boisset and uh, Jadot and Louis Latour, where they buy all kinds of wines and don't do so much estate bottling. They have some of their own estates, but they buy from all the communes. And the communes are, there are no more, uh, than 54 different common, communes in Burgundy. So it, it's complicated to learn about Burgundy. It really is all geography. All the little the names in Burgundy take their name from the village that they're around, i.e. Montrachet, and then you've got Chevalier Montrachet and Batard Montrachet, Pouligny Montrachet, etc., etc. And they're all different, but they take their name basically from the town of Montrachet, which is by, considered by most people to be the greatest dry white wine in the entire world, Le Montrachet. And, of course, at $1,000 a bottle, it should be pretty good, and that's what it costs today. But in a more affordable time, I can remember when we sold that for 29 or $30 a bottle, and we were happy as clams. But today, as I said, the real estate's gotten very expensive there, and Burgundy is popular all over the world, and there's a good reason for it. As I said a few minutes ago, in this man's opinion, uh, the greatest expression of Pinot Noir comes from Burgundy, and also the greatest expression of Chardonnay comes from Burgundy. Those wines are completely extraordinary. They're complex. They're fruit-forward. There's whatever you want, and it's all due to the terroir. The terroir is the soil, and those old Cistercian monks figured that out a long time ago. You can see a vineyard and step across 20 20 paces 
and go into another vineyard, and you'll see an incredible difference, yet it's the same grape type and basically the same winemaking technique, and yet the wines are vastly different. Why? Because of the terroir, the soil, and those monks were good at doing that, and that's why we have 54 different Appalachians in Burgundy. But if you take the time to learn a little bit about it, you'll be rewarded, because in my opinion, it is one of the great wine areas of the world, and it produces wine that is absolutely delicious. And as I said, you can look at the Cote de Chalonais or, Cote de Ma- or the Maconais to find some wines that are affordable in that category. Excellent. Well, I tell you, you don't have to travel all that way to get some great wine and great help at any Haskell's. Yeah, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. They love to pair your favorite dish with a good bottle of Burgundy. Uh, There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Our fall sale is ongoing, and believe me, they love to help you. So come into Haskell's. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save a ton of money on your favorite wines. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Faribault right off at 35. Our super seller in Maple Grove is not to be missed. Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our fall wine sale catalog. Fantastic. Lots of fun. Jack, let's talk again next week. If I'm going to look forward to it, Debbie. Thank you. Jack Farrow from Haskell's.